What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the final edition of the R&R Pot of Film for the 2010s. I mean, this is our first year in, in Inception, but it's the final show of the 2010s. We're getting into the 20s again, um, and I'm excited about that. It's going to be a, a hell of a year for movies, and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm Glenn Rodriguez, and always with me is Mr. Cody Repass. How you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm looking forward to 2020, uh, but 2010 will have a special place in my heart. Or well, the decade, the 2010s will have a special place in my heart. Uh, that was my my 20s. My uh, really when I I grew up the most. I mean, I'm still a kid. Uh, I, I'm an adult, but I still act like a kid. Uh, this is when I really fell in love with movies. Like watching so many movies these past ten years, I can't tell people how difficult it was for what we're about to do. This top ten list of the 2010s. I I, I can't even tell you guys. My list is going to be way different. That that's the beauty of it. Is there's so many movies that come out. I mean, you get people. For one year, you you can't get three to four movies that that are the same for for people. But that's the beauty of it. Everyone loves different movies. I'm just saying, some of these movies are when I was younger, and I didn't look for the things that I look for now. But they still mean so much to me that they're still really high on my list, and I'm still super proud of it. Yeah, same here, man. Like I'm 2010. To 2019 has been a wild ride for me uh, personally, and I was in L.A. I got to do a lot of things in the movie business. I still am, you know, my goal is to get back there and back in the movie business. Um, I got to see so many cool things uh, regarding the movie business being uh, the Star Trek into darkness uh white carpet premiere i went to the conjuring red carpet premiere i went to um insidious part two or chapter two uh red carpet premiere i've been to a lot of those things man and they're 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 as crazy as you think and it was really cool to get to see the movie uh the last two movies that i mentioned uh, the horror films uh with the cast and crew basically sitting in the same room as watching that on the big screen which is incredible and i got to see the uh, uh, the Conjuring the the red carpet premiere in the Cynodome, uh in Hollywood, which is a like a legendary theater. If you remember, once a time upon once a time once upon a time in Hollywood, there is a quick shot of it. They drive down the street of a uh, of um, Sunset Boulevard, and it's this big dome, and it says Cynodome on the side, and it's uh, it's a movie theater. It's really cool. So like. I'm I was very fortunate to do that and you know see a lot of cool movies you know got to start the podcast with you and we did the Halloween thing when Halloween 2018 yeah. came out which was always a good thing and um, that was a blast that's uh, what really got the wheels turning for to to start this thing and and it took a couple months uh of really making myself want to go for it but I, I'm so glad that we started this show. I mean, we started it in May. Yep. May. I, I believe it was towards the end of May. Uh, Us was our was our first show. Yep. I. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun. I, I. I. I won't ever forget it. I have a bucket that I used. It was my 2019 popcorn bucket that is full of movie tickets from 2010 to 2019. 
and maybe I'll take a picture and post it on uh, on Twitter on on our uh, our film pod Twitter. Uh, I guess I'll have to pour them out because you really can't. It, it doesn't do it justice if I just take a picture looking into the bucket. But there's at least four hundred movie tickets in there. I dig it. I'm actually looking. I don't have that many on me. I think because I've used a lot of the uh, the digital ones and then I like, misplaced the printed out ones and when they gave it to me. But I'm looking at. All three of my uh, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker showings, <laughs> <laughs> I still have these. So. I, I have the two tins from uh, Rise of Skywalker: The uh, Resistance and the First Order tins. I uh, I'm a sucker for collectibles like that. Yeah, it, me too. it just it, it just like stuff movies like that. Whether you love it, whether you hate it, uh, whether you're indifferent on it, they're a phenomenon. They don't happen all the time. So you take the advantage when you get it to get the stuff that's not going to be printed yeah. ever again. It's what, a one-time printing. So they, they did have a first order tin. I only got the, the resistance tin. Who's on the first order tin? Uh, it is Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren behind him, which sadly they did nothing with, but yeah. uh, I believe that's it. It's kind of far away and I can't really, I can't turn it and see if there's anybody else on it, but I know it's Kylo Ren and then the Knights of Ren behind him. I believe that's it. Shout out to uh, Marvel for putting out the rise of Kylo Ren and explaining what Ren is. It's awesome. If you if you go to a comic book shop, find it. It's worth reading. Um, it's going to be an ongoing series. And, you know, there's more to Star Wars than just the films, guys. That's all I'm going to say about that. But let's get into this. Let's, yes. let's jump well, into... We, we, ha- we do have some announcements that we're going to announce at the end yes. of this. So you got to listen to all of it. Uh, we're we're going to make you listen to all, or just fast forward. I mean, if you don't want to hear our top 10 of the 2010s. But I'm going to let you start because I always start. All right. Well, so we're going to start with our honorable mentions. Um, I'm just going to give all three at once and yep. just kind of go through each one real fast. Um, so my honorable mentions are us. La La Land and The Shape of Water. I'm going to start with The Shape of Water because it's the one that I like I have a vivid memory of, including La La Land, of course, and all, I guess all three. Um, Us came out this year and it was incredible. The Shape of Water, though, was uh, a film that I went and saw in Old City, Philadelphia. Um, I am a Guillermo del Toro fan and of like how crazy his world is, is like his vision and the way he makes film is just incredible. And I remember going to see that with a friend of mine and it was like a first date actually. Uh, obviously that didn't work out, but we're still good friends. And she and I were just really into like wanting to see this. And it was like in his old timey theater in old timey Philadelphia where the cobblestone road still exists. And, um, hell of a movie it was weird it was strange but i mean what else what else are you gonna expect with <laughs> del toro, Guillermo del toro. <laughs> yeah. um us was just incredible another jordan peele masterpiece i look forward to seeing what he's going to do next i know he's producing Candyman remake so um i'm looking forward to that and just how insane that movie was and and just a lot of good moments in that. And then, of course, La La Land, which is a love letter to the city of Los Angeles, which is my favorite city in the world. And I lived there for five years. I miss it. I can't wait to go back. And um, I, I'm not really a big fan of musicals. Not that I hate them, just not my thing. But this was awesome and made me cry in some parts. And I felt for the characters and I related to the characters of of trying to make it in a big world and a big business and and trying to leave your name and, and the mark on the world. And it was very, very uh, uh, 
touching to me, and I, I love that movie so much. Well, I almost put The Shape of Water on my list. God honest, I I remember going to the theater and loving that movie. Uh, I, I'm a Del Toro fan. Uh, I love the weirdness of his movies, and this movie was or The Shape of Water was definitely weird. Uh, sadly, it did not quite make my honorable mentions. My three honorable mentions are Lady Bird from 2017, Inception from 2010, and Infinity War from 2018. Everyone in the world knows about Infinity War. For me, it was the better of the duo. I know Endgame was the the phenomenon, the masterpiece, the culmination of everything coming together. Uh, but Infinity War was the better film for me. Uh, I mean, I, I love watching villains win. So when Thanos won at the end, I enjoyed it. Uh, sorry, <laughs> hate me if you want. Uh, Inception, I mean, nothing. there's nothing I can say. I, 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 I don't even want to try and rattle off the cast. I know off the top of my head, uh, you've got, of course, Leonardo DiCaprio. You've got Tom Hardy. Uh, is it Ellen Page? Ellen Page. Ellen, I cannot believe I got her name right. I was swore I was going <laughs> to say something else. Uh, you've got Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, uh, of course, Christopher Nolan directing. The movie's amazing. It's it really it was. This was the one that was the closest to breaking into my top ten. And when and no matter how many times I watch it, when I rewatch it, I enjoy it just as much. And that's what I kind of took into my top ten. Uh, as for Lady Bird, for Greta Gerwig, for her directorial debut to put out a movie that is as grounded and as homegrown as as Lady Bird, like I'm I know I'm gonna butcher her name, but Saorsi Ronan. I think that's how you say her name. I hope because she's wonderful. I uh, she's a younger actress, but she's so good in this movie. The dynamic between her and her mom, uh, Beanie Feldstein's in it. She's great. Uh, it, it's just it's such a good movie, uh, and it's one that was made on a lower budget. I uh, and, and Greta Gerwig, she's one of the best directors working today, and she's just so new, and, and that's what really drew me to the movie. I. It, it made you feel like you were in back. I was back in high school when I was watching it. It, it was, it, it just had that effect. Uh, it was another one that I really wanted to fit on my top 10. There's just, there just wasn't any room. I mean, there, there can be only 10. There can only so. be 10 for sure. All right. Well, let's get into this. So, um, for my number 10 is a movie that came out this year. Um, it is called, uh, I mean, Cody just mentioned a person who was in the movie, Beanie Feldstein, Booksmart, uh, 2019. Nice, um, nice. It's the lady super bad. I like it more than super bad, to be honest. Um, uh, it, it was just such a charming, funny, legit, legitimately funny. Um, and it just, the cast was great. And uh, it, it was a feel good movie. Um, that I think really truly outdid super bad. And I know that's not what it set out to do. It's like a nice complimentary uh, f- film to, to super bad, but I just felt like it was a lot funnier than super bad and just felt more realistic to me. Um, and uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that one. Book smart 2019, number 10. 
Number 10 for me. I'm going all the way back to 2012 and it's Silver Lining Playbook, uh, a movie that I have announced before when we did our very first Patreon show. Uh, it was my favorite movie of 2010. We did our favorite movies from each year we've been uh, alive. It was my favorite movie from 2012. So, of course, it had to be in my top 10. I went to see this movie with my ex-wife, and she hated it and wanted to leave multiple times throughout the movie. I gave her the car keys and let her leave. I actually watched the rest of the movie, and I went back and watched it again without her so I could fully enjoy it and enjoy it. I did. It's one that I watch at least once a year. It's just a movie that it's so good. Bradley Cooper, this was the movie that really set him off for me. Like, I I, I, know I was never really a huge fan and this movie made me a fan of his. And the same goes for Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, she's wonderful in this movie. Their their chemistry together is is so, so good. And this is not the only time you will be seeing Bradley Cooper on my top 10. I will just leave it at that. I know where you're going to go with that. I'm looking forward to hearing more about it. Um, number nine is another movie from 2019. 2019 was a hell of a year. It really was. Um, this is Quentin Tarantino's masterpiece, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, a love letter to Los Angeles and old time film and TV. Uh, there really wasn't much of like a, a huge story going on in here, but there was enough to keep me captivated. It's a Tarantino flick. I'm going to love it. Even if it's not my favorite Tarantino flick, I'll still love it. But this is one of my favorites, actually. Um, big shout out to Cody for giving me the code for that movie. I'm really happy that I have that. Um, I might pop that on later tonight since I am off tomorrow um but it, it's just it's fun um i remember watching it again a couple weeks ago and just realizing i like this a lot more than i did in the theater and it wasn't as slow the first or the second time watching it either um the ending is incredibly crazy uh it turns everything you think you know on top of its head um dicaprio and brad pitt of course killer but there's so many awesome cameos and small parts in here including daniel harris i mean you know if you know us we love her especially cody um Dakota, i'm gonna meet her one day oh it's I, gonna I'm happen going to. it's gonna happen we gotta make that happen we gotta make that happen we gotta we gotta figure it out we gotta go together so i can at least witness it <laughs> um but this movie is a love letter to la and i just it, it's just brilliant and um margot robbie is in it uh uh, Dakota Fanning. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, Zoe Bell, um, Kurt Russell, uh, just thinking of all the people in it. It's just, it's crazy. I can go on and on, but it's a wonderful love letter to Los Angeles, old Tommy Hollywood. And um, if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's, it's definitely one of Tarantino's best. I, I would have to agree. Uh, moving along, number nine for me is. 2014's Interstellar. I I love this movie. The first time I watched this movie, thank God it was in a theater. Yes. Because yeah. I honestly, th- this is a movie that has to be seen in a theater. It, it, it's, it's still really great out of a theater, but as soon as I got out of the theater from watching it, I immediately went home and told my mom, I have to take you to see this movie. You have to see it in the theater. And my mom never goes to movies. 
She's just not one to go to the movie. She doesn't like to. Either me or my sister have to drag her to one. And I told her, you have to see this. It's a must to see in a theater. The cast, I mean, you got Matthew McConaughey. You got Jessica Chastain. God, I love her. You got Anne Hathaway. You got Michael Caine. You got Casey Affleck. Uh, the legendary uh, John Lithgow. I mean, come on. And it's directed by Christopher fucking Nolan. I mean, nothing else needs to be said. The movie, the things that I see on this film is uh, it kind of stretches in some areas. And yes, it does. But it all it stays going. It it never really like sits and you're like, okay, well, they could have cut that 20 minutes out of the movie because it's a long movie. It's a very long movie. Yeah, this thing's almost pushing three hours, but Never in the runtime did I feel like, oh, yeah, you could cut that. And even when I rewatch it, knowing what's going to happen, I still find myself enjoying new things. Oh, and I forgot to mention the lovely little cameo from the one, the only Mr. Matt Damon, uh, which is awesome because this is right around the time The Martian came out and people were wondering if it was, they were trying to uh, tie that together and it it was just a really cool thing that uh, Matt Damon made a space movie right around the time Interstellar made a space movie and Matt Damon was in both so it's just really cool If if for some reason you haven't seen Interstellar, definitely definitely give it a shot. It's so worth it that would have been in my top 10 i just there's so many good movies but that is such really a wonderful is. film and i had to see it a couple times to really like sink my teeth into it but i remember coming out of the theater when it came out and and just being blown away and my ex and i would just talk about it like for that week we're like you know looking up stuff and um just the, the cast was great the the cinematography is beautiful it's it's definitely up there. And yeah, I thought that movie was connected with The Martian somehow, too. I thought it was funny. I love The Martian. It was a great movie, too. Yep. I, I completely agree with all that. The Martian almost made my honorable mention. That's how much I enjoyed it. Um, It's going to be funny because I know this movie's on your list somewhere, but I'm going to do it at number eight. I'm just going to briefly touch on it because I might join you in whenever yours is on this list. But this is... Uh, my favorite um, live action superhero film of all time. Nothing will beat it. Um, no, no Avenger movie. No, no like Marvel Cinematic Universe movie will top this film ever. I will fight you on it to the day I die. And that is Logan. Um, I never knew a comic book movie would make me cry. I mean, I kind of figured what was going to happen in Avengers, uh, the last two Avenger movies, because I've read the comics on that. So I kind of knew people were going to be snapped and gone and come back. You know what I mean? So that didn't make me cry as it uh, did others. And I'm happy it did because you felt something. That's what film is all about. But this movie made me cry. And it was the best X-Men movie. And I love the old man Logan like story. And reading some of the comics when I was younger, when they were coming out. Um, you know, I'm getting back into comics myself now. I never was a huge comic guy, but I still like the X-Men stuff. It was my, my favorite thing. Me and my dad liked it. So um, I swear this was I didn't think this movie was going to be as good as it as the trailers made it out to be. But it was so much more. And I just remember me and who I went to the movies with 
They went and saw Beauty and the Beast live action. I went and saw this. They came out disappointed. I came out very, very, very sad and happy all at the same time. And then I went and saw it again the week after. So um, it's a magical, dark, sad, but a great, great film. And it's a hard R, too. There's a lot of violence in it. And it it it's probably... No, it is. It's the best X-Men movie ever made. That's... That's where I'm going to throw it at. Yeah, I, I can't talk about Logan yet because you are correct. It is it is on my list uh, somewhere. It is somewhere uh, among the la- the last of my list. I'll just I'll, I'll leave that small hint there. But my number eight is 2018 Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, this is the best animated movie ever, in my opinion. I I absolutely love this movie. I hadn't I hadn't seen it. I didn't go to the theater and watched it. I I didn't go to the theater and watch it. Not watched it. I and and then I didn't watch it when it came out. I I'm trying to think when I actually watched this. It was early early this year, and when I watched it, I was amazed. I because when I saw trailers for this, I wasn't that interested because of course I mean we. We have Spider-Man movies. Uh, it's one of the messy timelines because you we, we've had we're on our third Spider-Man. They wanted to do this animated series as well, uh, which is cool and it's amazing now because after I've seen Into the Spider-Verse, I'm really interested in what they're going to do next. Uh, but as soon as I watched it, I watched it again because the movie is so exciting and just visually beautiful the the way that they built this movie and and made it look and used their uh animations it it is such a great movie i would have never if you would have told me this movie was going to make my top 10 of the decade a week before i watched this movie i would have laughed in your face i honestly would have i would have never believed you but it it really is. This movie has everything you want. It has action. It has heart. It, it has uh, the visuals. It has everything you would want in any kind of superhero action. Whatever kind of movie you're looking for, there is something for you in uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And that is why it made my top ten of the decade at number eight. You know, that is my second favorite superhero movie of all time. It beat out uh, Man of Steel, um, but by a large margin. I love Man of Steel very much. Um, But I remember watching that and just being like, okay, then. All right. Well, (laughs) all right, Marvel. Can you top that? Like like Marvel Cinematic Universe. Can you top that? So you probably can't because it's really good. Um, And uh, all the different Spider-Mans at the end of the movie are great, too. So, uh, yep. So. All right, we're going back to this current year, and the number seven spot is a marriage story. Um, I love this movie. You told me about it. I knew I heard it was coming up, but you were like, you have to watch it. You have to watch it. I can't wait to watch it. And, you know, it made me cry. It made me feel something. Um, I was never married, but uh, my last relationship felt like a marriage. Um you know, of course, without the, the official paperwork and, and the rings and, and the ceremony and all. And like feeling that loss, it brought me back to that. And 
like it to be honest, it made me never want to love again. But like, obviously, I do. I love my girlfriend very much. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's a hell of a movie, and it makes you feel like film should. And um, Adam Driver, I mean, Scarlett Johansson was great, amazing, but. Adam Driver is on another level in this movie. This movie was more about him to me than it was about Scarlett Johansson and, um, or them together. And just, it was a heartbreaking, heartbreaking scene where they're yelling at each other in his apartment was so real for me. It gave me PTSD for sure. And I only laugh about it because now I can, because at the time it like freaked me out a little bit, how realistic that I've, I've been in that kind of fight before. Um, but it's so amazing, and I hope it. I hope Adam Driver is nominated for anything he they can nominate him for. It, it, does he win an Oscar? I really hope. I, I I have I've been campaigning for it. As soon as I watched that movie, I I said, "All right, sorry, Joaquin, I'm giving the Oscar to Adam Driver." I, I love the Joker. Oh, and speaking of Joker, my number seven is 2019's Joker. Oh yeah. <laughs> so let, let's just let's just slide right in here. This is my only film of 2019 on my top ten list because if you're a patron. You would know I just released my top 10 of 2019 and Joker was, in fact, my top uh, number one of 2019. Number two was a marriage story or marriage story, whatever. Uh, I've heard people call it one or the other. Uh, But Joaquin Phoenix made this movie. I I was super skeptical when they first announced it. I was even more skeptical when I heard Todd Phillips was directing it. And as soon as I heard Joaquin Phoenix signed on to play uh, Arthur or Joker, whatever you want to call him, my mind eased just a little because I knew, I know without a shadow of a doubt that the man can act with anyone in the room. It doesn't matter who you match him up against. He can go toe to toe with them and he is super picky with his script. So if he chose to play the Joker, after what Heath Ledger did in The Dark Knight, you knew he saw something in the script, in the direction, whatever they were doing, and he was right. The movie is spectacular. This movie, it, it was it was just so well done, and I, I can't even put it into emotions, the, the different things it makes you feel. It makes you sympathize with a a guy you probably shouldn't sympathize for because you see him slowly turning and slowly sliding down a path that that you can't follow him on and you're still wanting you're still rooting for him to come back even though you know where he's going there is no coming back from it and Joaquin Phoenix his performance is it's so ridiculous and I really want him to win an Oscar. I really, really do. I do but too, I think, man. I think Adam Driver deserves it more. I do too. I totally agree. Both. I at least if they're both nominated for the same, like I'd be totally okay with that. Like either or could win, but I do believe Adam Driver definitely deserves it more. I mean, I don't know. 
who deserves it because I, I, I find they both worked their asses off to pull off those performances. And I could probably tell you that um, you can't really compare both performances because they're totally two different state of minds and, you know, how they had to prepare for those roles. So, I mean, Joker would have been on my list but there's just it's just so many good films i just i love joker so much i was very surprised and felt myself rooting for for him and and uh i mean i'm not ashamed to say that either i mean um men- yeah, i mean joaquin made you root for him yep. his performance swayed people to root for a villain and that's just that's the beauty in uh, filmography, especially something like you, you fall in love with performances. It, it you may not love the movie, but a performance makes you love the movie more, or makes you want to rewatch it. And no matter what, there's not a person in the world that can say Joaquin Phoenix was not fantastic in this movie. I just won't take him serious. I can't. Agreed. Agreed. Um, my number six. Uh, film is we're going back to the beginning of the decade uh, 2010 with uh, David Fincher's The Social Network the film about Facebook that was kind of true but not true at all Um, (laughs) but what an awesome intense film man there was a lot of moments in that movie that were just super intense um, especially with Eduardo and and Mark um, in the offices of Facebook, where Eduardo finds out he's getting pushed out, and um, just crazy. It's such a good movie, and I always go back to it because it's kind of a motivating movie, uh, especially when you know you want to build something in your life, and you know want to. I mean, we all have goals and aspirations to be as big as Facebook, or at least do something as big and get it as big as that, or just to to have something creative or or running a business that is successful you know it doesn't mean to me be facebook successful but it could be successful and you know you accomplish something so it's always a good motivator movie for me at least but the performances um are um fantastic uh i love that um the beginning of the film where mark and his girlfriend are uh, are at the at the bar in harvard and they're kind of talking and you could tell that Mark's character, the way they were going with it is he's just kind of like this condescending asshole. And he just didn't really like he wasn't self-aware about it. Like he just came off as a dick. And I love how like she kind of sent him straight and like it kind of set him, you know, set him off into a uh, into a thing where he started creating. And that's not how it happened in real life. He was married to his uh, sweetheart from college or high school or something. Um, so that didn't happen. He didn't build Facebook because a girl dumped him. But um, I like that story. I think that's a really positive way of turning a negative into a positive. And uh, I am not the biggest fan of... Um, I'm trying to... I had his name, but now I lost it. Uh the guy who plays Mark Zuckerberg. Help me out here. Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, yeah, Jesse Eisenberg. I'm not a big fan of him because he's kind of just Jesse Eisenberg in every movie. Um, I did. He really is. But he plays like the cocky smartass so well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I just watched uh, Zombieland 2 with my girlfriend um, on Christmas night. Um, and I actually found myself enjoying it a little bit. I was kind of surprised how 
because I don't remember your review on it, but like I kind of surprised like about how good he was in it. And like his counterpart, the person who was like him in the movie, that scene yeah. made me laugh so hard. It was like looking in the mirror for sure. <laughs> but uh, um, I love the social network and the soundtrack by Trent Reznor and Atticus, Atticus Ross, two uh, of the members of Nine Inch Nails, of course. Um, a hell of a soundtrack. David Fincher is one of the best filmmakers of our time. He created, uh, uh, he helped create um, House of Cards for the United States, and it's one of my favorite TV shows. So it was, you know, I always like to watch those kinds of people and continue to watch their work. So, um, and it was also written by, let me, I had his name too. I, I don't understand how I had the names in the beginning. I was ready to say it. Aaron Sorkin, one of the greatest writers of our time. So yes, fantastic writer. Yeah. He he wrote, and his directorial debut uh, was Molly's Game. And goddamn, I love that movie. Yeah, it's a hell of a movie. Uh, Jessica Chastain. I mean, I love anything she's in. <laughs> I I enjoy Dark Phoenix. So I mean, <laughs> that's how much I love Jessica Chastain. There you go. My number six is my personal favorite MCU movie. Uh, it's the one that I watched the most, uh, and that is 2014's Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Uh, I am not a huge Captain America fan. Uh, those that know me know uh, I am uh, Team Tony. I am Iron Man till I die, uh, or until Tony Stark dies, and sadly, uh, we have reached that point. Uh, but... I love everything about this movie. The action in this movie is not only the best action in the MCU, it is some of the best action in the past 20 years of film. The highway scene is 10 minutes of pure awesomeness. And I really, when when I saw the trailer for Black Widow, I got the feel of Winter Soldier. Uh, that that's what it spun me towards. Now, it, uh, you get the feel of uh, like ja- uh, not James Bond. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jason Bourne. Yeah. Uh, you get that that feel. But I got the feel of the Winter Soldier. the The way the action was shot, the way the scenes were were maneuvered, it made me feel. The Winter Soldier. That's why I was so excited for Black Widow. Like that's why I still am so excited for Black Widow because I want that feeling again. Because the Winter Soldier was the MCU movie that really hooked me. That really got me fully crazy into the MCU. I was into it. I, I was a fan. I wasn't a super fan. I uh, like I am now, but. What the Winter Soldier made me feel, all the twists, all the turns, just everything about this movie. It is, it's so, so good. It is, I think that is the best um, Captain America movie for sure. And see that, I, I I tend to agree, and Civil War is pretty much an Avengers movie. Yeah, it's it's just... Yeah, it's a Captain America movie, but it is literally an Avengers movie. It has everyone in it, and I still prefer Civil or I Winter Soldier to Civil War. And Civil War, you get like where Cap was wrong. Like that's what I was waiting for all along was Cap to admit that he was wrong uh, to Tony, and you get that. But Winter Soldier still takes the cake for me. Yeah, yeah, it's. 
it's it's definitely up there for me in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I I need to watch them all again and kind of do a ranking because I've been meaning to like at least put one together on Litterbox. Um, oh, dude! I uh, before we started the uh, the pod right before Endgame came out on my personal Twitter, I watched from the from the beginning from Iron Man to Infinity War. I watched them all in order, and I reviewed each one on Twitter. Uh, and I made like this big long thread. It was so much fun. Uh, I forgot how many movies I did not like in the MCU, but there was there was some that really uh, that I really changed my mind on them. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely a polarizing franchise for sure. And the best part about it was for me at least is. Um, when Iron Man 1 and The Incredible Hulk um, came out, I th- I'm trying to figure out if there was another movie that came out um, while I was working at the movie theater. I just remember seeing those movies both before they were put into theaters, basically, like, you know, before the day they were released. We did a, like a, a staff screening of Iron Man and, and The Incredible Hulk when that movie came out as well. And I love The Incredible Hulk. I think it's very underrated. I wish... Um, we would have seen what Edward Norton's uh, uh, Bruce Banner would have been like in in the Avengers. I don't think it would have worked as much, but I think that standalone movie does does wonders for the, does wonders for me at least. Um, and a Sandman, I believe it's Sandman, or the no, not Sandman, the Abominable. Um, yeah, I can't say that word ever. The Abominable, <laughs> um, which was Tim freaking Roth, like. Like one of my favorite actors of all time. Like <laughs> I was so pumped with seeing it. But um, and then you know uh, Martin Starr's the uh, the character is the same character that he is in the the Spider Man movies that are now out. So that was really funny to bring that back. But um, my number five movie. We're taking it one year later, two thousand eleven, to Nicholas Reference um, classic Drive um. The ultra-violent synth wave, um, just beautifully shot. The story's incredible. Ryan Gosling doesn't need to say a damn word, and he just has this presence. Um, Oscar Isaac is in it, Christina Hendricks. And I should have had her name first because she was – I love this woman to death. Um, Let me pull her name up here. Um, But I And, and of course, um, Walter White himself is in it, too. Um, who plays the mechanic and the kind of the guy who, um, I guess, brokers uh, the character of... Uh, I don't even know if we even get his name in the movie. Just call him the driver. Um, uh, his stuntman work, I guess. I guess he felicitates that or something. Um, let me pull her name up. Uh, Carrie Mulligan. I love her so much. Um, and this movie is just intense. The music's great. Oscar Isaac's awesome in it. I mean, he he uh, meets his untimely death there somewhere in the movie. I won't tell you where. Um, Ron Perlman's in it. Uh, Albert Brooks, who plays pretty much the main villain. Um, but, I mean, that intro, like, sets this tone to Kavinsky's uh, Night Call. And it's just, ah, uh, I can watch that movie over and over again and still love it. I know it's a very polarizing film because there's not much dialogue in it. It's just a lot of emotion and facial reactions and body acting. And I think if you can pull that off in the right way, you're a masterful actor and you're a masterful filmmaker. And for me, that's why Drive sits at number five on my list of top 10. 
I love it. I, I cannot wait to talk about that movie. We're actually going to do a full review of it in a couple of weeks. And that is one that I'm super excited to talk about. Breaking into my top five is 2010's Masterpiece by Darren Arnofsky, or Arnofsky, I think that's how you say his name, Black Swan. This movie it is impeccable. It sits at number five for me, but it could easily be number three. Uh, I could see it getting as high as that. That these top five for me are are so locked in as some of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Black Swan is just this is Natalie Portman looking at everyone that watched the Star Wars prequel trilogy and said, "My God, this girl can't act for shit." <laughs> and her handing them a double dose of middle fingers and blowing people away. This is my favorite female performance ever. Ever in any film, in any movie, this is it. Because she plays a dual character. And she does, She could win an Oscar for either of them. She, the start of the movie... She's the goody, the goody girl, the innocent girl, the one that lives with her mother. And by the end of the movie, she's dark. She's demented. She's psycho. It's just this movie is everything you want in a film. Uh, it has comedy. It has drama. It has suspense. It has horror. It has everything. This was... One of the first movies that I watched, and I and I was physically blown away by a performance. This, next to Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker, these were the two movies that really like shaped me into being like, yeah, I really want to start talking about movies more. But it was Natalie Portman and Heath Ledger. And that's how high I hold her performance in this movie is I put it on the same pedestal as Heath Ledger's. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I just remember how intense it was. Um, oh, dude, it's so it's so good. I, I actually haven't seen it in probably six or seven months. And talking about it now makes me want to go go put it on for real, bro. For real. Um, all right. We're moving along. We're chugging along. We're. We're almost an hour in this thing almost. We're uh, 40 <laughs> we minutes. Are. I love it. These people, they better they better have their marathon ears on. Strap in, buddies. Um, number four, we're going all the way back up to 2018. Um, and one of the most surprising films for me that I, I thought I was going to like, but I didn't think I was going to love it as much. I strive to make a movie as good as this. Um and hopefully one day I will. This is where the villain wins in the end. It's 2018 summer of 84. I couldn't believe it. I just I know people were talking about it on Twitter. It was a Shutter exclusive. I was like, I love Shutter. I'm going to resubscribe just to watch this and then hopefully watch other good things. And I've been a subscriber ever since. Um, and I'm like, wow, this movie has the, the charm of Stranger Things, but it's more of a murder mystery slash slasher film i guess you can make it if you want to put it that way but it's a um a who who uh, they they basically pegged the who the killer is in the beginning and you just there was always a seated doubt that it wasn't him and the way it ends 
I just I can't believe someone had the balls to do it the way they did it. And it was just fantastic. And I can remember doing the review with you and just how much of a fan you were of it because of that ending. Because I know you loved when villains win. Um, I mean, I know that's giving the movie away, but watch it because with context, it'll make it 10 times better and it won't be ruined for you. So um fantastic score a very 80s synthy wave type stuff too um the kids in it were great uh the story was amazing and like i said the end performance of of the villain um who i can't tell you who it is because that would definitely ruin the movie for you um but he just killed it and i can't wait to watch this movie again too and, and it's it's very stranger things vibey yep because you get the it's 80s uh, so if you enjoy Stranger Things, you definitely need to watch Summer of 84. It's not like your typical, like, over-the-top blood and guts horror uh, slasher. So if, if that's what you're worried about, don't. It's nothing like that. It, it is a horror movie, but... It's a uh, good one. Yeah, it, it's a it's a truly great horror movie. I wanted so bad to put that on my list, but I knew it was going to be on yours. So I, <laughs> I had to, uh, I had to take one for the team and leave it off. It's all right. Uh, though. Well, hold on real quick before you get to yours. Shout out to Matt Leslie, the writer, one of the writers of the movie who is yes. always a good brother out there who, who sees that you're talking about summer of 84. He'll retweet you. And you know, we love showing uh, the movie some love and he, I know he appreciates it. So shout out to Matt Leslie. Absolutely, absolutely. He was one of the first people that actively was uh, trying to promote uh, the R&R pot of film, and I will forever love him for that. So I'm right there with you with uh, giving him a big shout out. Uh, moving along, we are 45 minutes into this thing. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. I love the longer episodes. I hope uh, the listeners do too. Number four for me is a personal favorite of mine. I know it's not the best film to a lot of people. It is 2010's The Town directed by Ben Affleck, starring Ben Affleck, Rebecca Hall, uh, Jeremy Renner, Blake Lively. This movie is awesome. This is my favorite uh, heist movie. Uh, we've talked about it. We've done a review on it. Uh, everyone knows my opinion on the movie. Uh, that is why it's so high on my list is it's got such a rewatch appeal. Uh, just the grittiness of the movie and the story behind it, the the way they make you feel throughout the whole movie that you know something big is going to happen at the end. You're just dreading what it is and who all is going to die. And the way that they did it, Ben Affleck, he's a treasure. I mean, he's great uh, in front of the camera. He's great behind the camera. Wherever you put him, uh, I highly, highly recommend watching this, especially if you like heist movies. Uh, whatever. Like th this movie needs to be watched by more people. I think it kind of went under the radar. I, I don't. I, I talked to five or so people, and maybe two or three of them have seen it. And that that's it, it's. I, I hate that because this movie, this is Jeremy Renner's best performance. It, it really is. He plays the character of Coughlin. I uh, and man, I. Just thinking about his his line, uh, if we get jammed up, we're holding court in the streets. It literally gives me chills every time I watch it, every time I talk about it. 
uh, the coldness that he, he's able to portray for that character, it, it's it's amazing. Shout out to Don Draper uh, for being a killer FBI agent or a cop in almost every movie now. I mean, because he's the same kind of character he is in Richard Jewell, apparently. So, like, um, yep. yep. <laughs> also, Pete passed away, Waith, or who played like the Irish mob boss in this movie. Also, the scene where they're all wearing the nun masks and they look at the cop and the cop just kind of turns his head. I just, that yep. popped me so hard. But, um, yeah, really good <laughs> he was movie. was like, I'm not about it. I'm not about dying today. You guys go on with your life. Yeah, pretty much. It probably would have done the same goddamn thing, um, especially when they have guns like that and they're dressed like as the weird nuns. Um, all right, top three, buddy. We're getting into the this. The bronze. What, what, what got the bronze for you? 2018's. Uh, well, first off, I'm going to say this is the scariest movie ever made um, for me. Um, when I saw it, I watched it in the daytime, had the lights on in the daytime. Um, and that is 2018's Hereditary. Um, I didn't think I would ever any movie would ever top any of the scariest things I've ever seen, which is like the Blair Witch Project and and um, uh, Megan is Missing or uh, The Exorcist, things like that. Things that really creep me out, things that like really get me going and the original Halloween scares me still and it's one of my favorite movies of all time but this bumped everything out of that spot that number one spot uh um uh with no jump scares no jump scares that's what makes this movie so impeccable just dread dude just incredible dread and Tony Collette deserved an Oscar uh and got robbed and I will be, you know, oh. I'll beat that fucking drum towards <laughs> exactly. Gone. Like that's such a joke. That movie is so great, but like she is just the reason why that movie is so great. Uh, I mean, I mean the the storytelling, the direction, the the writing is great, but like she just brings that character to life, and I. I was still in shock with that one little part in the beginning of the movie. Did not see that happening. And um, just some of the like just just moments where people are just standing in the corner of the frame, just smiling and it just creeps me out. And the ending still creeps me out, too. And and her on the ceiling hitting her head just like, oh, it's just it sends chills down my spine and I love it. I, I, I can't watch the movie at night because it will give me nightmares. And, you know, usually nightmares don't really get me, but that, anything that comes from that movie will. And I'm such a big fan of, um, what's his name? Ari Leister, I, I think his name is, the director. Um, I loved uh, Midsummer. It's one of my favorite movies in my top three. Um, I'm still debating if it is my number one movie of this year, but I love his style of filmmaking and his like his his bizarre. Um, he definitely he takes you, dude. Him and uh, Del Toro need to come together and do a movie. Oh, dude, that would be the trippiest movie ever. My brain would explode, and who and whoever made Mandy, just all put them all in the same room yeah. and <laughs> and have them come out. And I'm sure it'll be a battle cult because that's two movies in a row battle cult. Um, and uh, <laughs> I just oh, it's so great. I I tend to agree. Sadly, I didn't put it on my list. It's once again, I knew it would be on yours, and uh, I, I just I, I couldn't find a spot for it. But I feel the same way as you, uh, Tony Collette. Uh, what a wonderful performance! Coming in at the bronze for me. 
At number 10, I mentioned that Bradley Cooper would return. And not only is he returning as an actor, he's returning as a director as well. Uh, I'm talking about 2018's A Star is Born. Guys, I love this movie. Uh, obviously, it's number three on my list. Uh, Lady Gaga, I, I love her. I always have. Everyone asks, Cody, what kind of music do you listen to? I listen to a little bit of everything. What, who's your favorite? Lady Gaga. Why is she your favorite? Because she can sing whatever the fuck she wants. She can sing slow songs. She can sing upbeat. She can sing anything. She's perfect. And... She proved it with this movie. She proved that she is perfect because she can act, too. And it's just... I still, to this day, I have retired from going to concerts because they've changed so much these past seven to eight years. Lady Gaga would pull me out of retirement. If someone said, hey, let's go see Lady Gaga in Las Vegas, I would go. I, I can't. I, I don't think I could pass that up. And it's because of her performance in this movie. I want to see the songs that she sang in this movie live. I want to see them. I want to hear them with my ears, not on a phone that I'm having to see that somebody recorded from one of her shows. The Just everything about this film. Bradley Cooper, who knew he could sing? I mean, yeah, he's not the best, but he's an actor. He's not a singer. Uh, Their chemistry together, I spoke of uh, Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence chemistry in uh, Silver Lining Playbook. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga's chemistry, they were together. I will will say that until I die. They, They were together. I don't know if it was for like a month or what, but they were legit together because that there's you you can't have that kind of chemistry without like having a love interest in the other person. I, I just I don't believe it. And I, I maybe I'm wrong and maybe I just can't see it. Maybe they're two of the best uh, actors in the world. But for me, it looked like straight love. Anytime they were together, you could see like the other one lit the other one up. It was just, I don't know. Maybe they each run each other's lives and that's why they love each other. But it's number three for me. I know some people have a love hate relationship with this movie, but man, I, I I love this movie. It's, it's a very good movie. I, I, I liked it the first time I watched it, but I didn't like love it, but I, I have a love for it now. And um. I don't think they were together, but man, I think that's what we can call a chameleon. Someone who can just blend in and think, make you feel so much for those characters that it'll make you believe that they were together. I mean, that chemistry that they had was second to none, and especially when they did the duet. I think it was at the Oscars, I believe. Yeah, um, it was uh, uh, Shallow. Yeah, that song's great, by the way. Um, and yeah, Lady Gaga, man, like, yeah, Bradley Cooper was great in it, but Gaga stole the fucking show. <laughs> like, she, really she is did. such a talented woman. I always liked her. I never hated her. Um, I remember her poker face days, and she's a metal fan too, which makes me happy, and a big Bruce Springsteen yeah. fan, which makes me happy. Um, I remember when ACDC played the end of the Grammys. 
Um, she was out there rocking when they were playing Highway to Hell. And the old dudes on stage still rocking it. And she's just enjoying the hell out of it. You could see she was like her and Dave Grohl were like the two people who loved it the most. Um, and the best song from that movie is uh, Always Remember Us This Way. Yeah. I will I, I will take that to the bank. I will put any amount of money on that song. I know uh, Shallow was the song that everyone took from the movie because that's the one that uh, they would sing uh, at Lady Gaga's shows or at the Oscars or whatever. But Always Remember Us This Way was the the song that come out the most for me. I agree. That's a really good one, too. And and shout out to uh, um, um, Andrew Dice Clay for playing uh, Lady Gaga's father. Um, very underrated actor. He is uh, one of the best comedians of all time, but he's a pretty damn good actor. And 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 we can't forget about good old Sam Elliott. Oh, dude. The man, uh, the, the man, the mustache. Dude, he's I, I, we, don't even, we don't even have to call him in his, by his name anymore. It's just the mustache. Dude, I swear. Like, I, I don't like the word swagger much, but that dude is the epitome of swagger. I don't care. Yeah. I'm not much of a yeah, country he, guy or anything like that, but that dude is just, he is <laughs> the balls, as uh, what's-his-face would say, um, uh, Ron Burgundy. But um, I guess... I will go for my number two. So my number two and number one should be very obvious. If you listen to the show for the past year, you know what my favorite movie of all time is. It happened to be made in this decade. Uh, my second favorite movie of all time was made in this decade. Who would have thought? Um, so number two is 2018's Mid-90s, directed by Jonah Hill. It's a movie, and I and you've heard the common theme for me for a lot of these movies is they make me feel something bigger than myself or made me re- uh, remember things that I've been through or made me realize why I love a city called Los Angeles. With this, this movie made me fall in love with being a kid again and memories that I've had growing up where I would discover music because my friend's older brother had all the rap CDs or all the rock CDs and and um, skateboarding with my friends and I was a terrible skateboarder and, and being and especially when I was in fifth grade, this is why it remind, reminds me of things in my life. In fifth grade, um, I was friends with a lot of sixth graders. They took me in as one of their own. I had my first grade, my first kiss as a fifth grader from a sixth grader. Like it was just these moments that made me really, really appreciate um, this movie very much. And uh, Jonah Hill is a hell of a filmmaker because um, he made this movie the most realistic, I think. Out of it reminded me of kids in a way where it was very realistic of how kids talked and how they acted and you know how just how legitimate it was and um, I know you really weren't a big fan of it you didn't hate it but you didn't love it and that's very respectable um, but for me it's my number two I don't want to talk about it much because I really just want people to see it and have an opinion of their own. Um, especially with these next two, like the next movie as well. Um, I already made a review on it, but I, I can't wait to talk about it again. Didn't they add mid nineties to Netflix? Um, I think it's on Netflix think, right yeah, now. I know it's on Amazon prime. I think it is. I can, but I, I think so. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and move along since we're, uh, we're touching the hour mark now. Uh, my silver medal guys, I cannot, tell you this enough this was the hardest decision from two to one it is razor close but coming in in the silver is 
Sixteens, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. <laughs> I knew it was gonna be somewhere. Directed by Gareth Edwards. If you've listened to our Star Wars collection, our reviewathon, you know that Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars movie, and nobody's tried like decapitating me on Twitter yet. So apparently, it's not that big of an unpopular opinion. I. Uh, I love this movie. Uh, Jen Erso, uh, Felicity Jones is my second favorite Star Wars character behind the one, the only uh, Han Solo. Uh, I literally uh, drew a blank on Harrison Ford for a second. Like, how sad is that? Uh, Diego Luna, uh, Alan Tudyk. I mean, I, I can't even like go go through all this because there's just so much I would want to talk about. I uh, just go back and listen to our Rogue One review if you want to hear my full thoughts on this movie. I, I don't want to keep everyone here for another 30 minutes just talking about Rogue One. For me, the story, uh, the characters, the dialogue, everything, and you know how the movie's going to end, but you still enjoy the ride. That's what made me love this movie as much as I did. The visuals are great. You get a little bit of everything. Of course, you get to see Darth Vader in between Episode 3 and A New Hope. You get to see badass Darth Vader. You get to see at his full potential, his full dark side. The The dark side of the Force is as powerful as, as as it ever was in him in the final 10 minutes of this movie. This is the culmination of everything a Star Wars fan would want, and it brings it all together, and Felicity Jones just knocks it out of the park as Jenner. So I, I, I loved her character. I mean, you only get her for one movie, and she almost, she's right behind Han Solo for me as my favorite Star Wars character, and she's in one movie. Yeah, that's how much of an impact she had. Yo, shout out to Mads Mikkelsen for putting that that flaw in the Death Star. Come on, Hannibal Lecter himself. Let's give it a round of applause. <laughs> yeah, man, that that movie is definitely up there. I mean, I can tell you, I, I even said it in our in our Star Wars reviews that. It depends on the day, um, but Rogue One, nine out of ten times, would be my number one Star Wars film of all time for sure. It's it's that good. I mean, Empire is amazing, but Rogue One, I mean, and there's a lot of criticism with Rogue One, too, with, um, you know, like, I, I remember one person, Chris Stuckman, like he, he wanted to like the movie so much, but, like, he didn't have feelings for the characters, and I just, I didn't get why he thought that, because they died at the end. Like, that was the point. None of them were going to survive. This was a, a, a suicide mission. A suicide mission. Yep. Um, for the for the survival of the of the rebels, the rebel alliance. You know, before the rebellions are built on exactly, hope. and it's uh, a hell of a movie. And um, again, shout out to Marvel for making all these great Darth Vader books, uh, of, uh, comic books. I'm reading two right now. One called uh, Vader Dark um, Visions, and on the first issue. He's riding a damn horse with the lightsaber. It's fucking awesome. And then um, uh, Target Vader, which looks like is going to be um, very, very uh, intense. And it looks like there's some guy who looks like the Terminator with a gun trying to hunt Vader down, which <laughs> I'm all about. So I'm, I'm interested. So, yeah. 
Yeah, Rogue One, literally when we did our review, you you were like, I'm anxious to hear your thoughts about the ending. I was so enthralled with talking about this movie. I didn't even think of Darth Vader, like the ending with Darth Vader when we did our original review. That's why I had to bring him in to this review, because I didn't want people to be like, what in the hell is this dude talking about? Like Darth Vader was the best part about the final 10 minutes. But that's how like spaced out my brain will get when i start talking about rogue one it's all good all right guys i'm gonna hit my one you're number one i know what it is but let's let's hear it so we're going to 2013 the year 2013 and um another joaquin phoenix is on the list mr uh mr repass had joker i have her um joaquin phoenix amy adams um scarlett johansson uh who just is a voice throughout the movie um and i was joking with my friend the other day because we both love this movie very much i don't know if it's his favorite movie of all time but it's definitely mine of course i always will say nothing is better to her to me um but uh just remembering like you know people who don't like this movie basically just say it's just a guy who falls in love with his computer but it's just so much more than that and spike jones writes this original story just it's so full of character and charm and sadness and happiness. And I remember not too long ago watching it when I first moved to Chicago with my friends here and losing it because the end where he's giving the the closure, he's like writing that letter to his ex-wife. Um, just felt that just hit me at, at a certain point in my life where I was putting closure into my life with an ex and, it just hit me and it just made me love the movie so much more because I was able to feel that moment um, when the moment to me was always great, but it just it just solidified this movie for me. Like it just made me feel if you can make me cry and make me feel something that I felt before, it's it you, you won me over. And the acting is so great. There's so many intense scenes in here that just blew me away. And, you know, if you think about it, the dude's having basically phone sex with a computer. But it's just so intense. <laughs> it's so emotional and it feels super real. And my my I think one of my favorite scenes, if not my favorite scene, is when she's basically saying goodbye and he he's like wandering around like in this like wooded area and it's snowing and he sees someone running away from him and just the just the oh my god, it's just so heartbreaking. And Joaquin Phoenix is just incredible. He's one of the best actors of our time. I 100% agree with everything you said. Coming in with the gold for me, you've mentioned it already. I said you would have to wait a little bit. It is now time. I My, my number one film of the decade is 2017's Logan. Goddamn James Mangold. I love that man. I love him. This movie, as soon as I saw the trailer, I my dad is a Wolverine fan. That's his favorite uh, superhero, whatever you want to say, uh, comic book hero. Uh, that was always his favorite. And I remember watching the trailer and go like run. Uh, I was working with my dad and I ran out there and I, I said, stop what you're doing. You have to watch this. And it gave me such Western vibes, and I was all in on the trailer. And when I sat down to watch this movie, 
I literally felt every emotion. This was Hugh Jackman at his very best for a character he had played for 20 years. He had poured everything he had into this character. The superhero genre started with the X-Men. Well, not not started, but it it kicked it off. It, it when when the superhero craze started, X-Men was going. Like X-Men was one of the first movies to really push along the superhero craze and it was Hugh Jackman. People were drawn to Wolverine. People liked his edgy side. It is still to this day one of the best castings for a superhero ever. I I'm partial to uh, Wolverine because I uh, just like with Tony Stark and the MCU, this is my favorite X-Men character. I uh, and I don't I don't think there could have ever been an, a better casting than Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. And in this movie, you see a broken down old Wolverine and all he wants to do is die. He wants to go somewhere and die and he just can't. And and throughout the whole movie, you see him change and him start to feel for what he finds out to be his daughter and X-23, which, I, I mean, uh, little little Daphne Keene is so wonderful in this movie. She's literally a spitting image of him. Uh, the way she acts, the way she talks, her temper. It, it's a, a, a little, just a little Logan. And I cried like a 10-year-old girl for a good five minutes. I... At the end, I I couldn't hold it together. This is still the movie that I have seen the most in theaters. I went to the theater and watched this movie seven times uh, in, I believe, in a matter of like a month. It wasn't like I watched it back to back to back to back like over a a week. Uh, And I'm actually going to see if I can't find all seven ticket stubs. Uh, But this movie, for me, it is my favorite a comic book movie. It is my favorite superhero movie. It is my favorite movie of the decade. I I can never get enough of this. I I, I can watch this movie whenever and and whatever I'm doing. If it's on TV, I stop what I'm doing and watch it. It doesn't matter what's going on around me. It doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm watching it and. For a movie to have that kind of effect, it it has to be high on my list, and that's why it's it's number one. There you have it. That is our top Ooh. ten and three honorable mentions of the twenty tens. This is it, man. We're in the twenty twenties. Here's very soon. New decade. A new decade is upon us. Please, guys, be safe. There. There's a lot of crazy people out. If you're going to go out on New Year's Eve, don't drink and drive. Don't be stupid. It's not worth it. Definitely. You definitely don't want your parents to ring in the new year with bad news. Something's happened to you or something caused something bad to happen to you. It's just not worth it. Have a plan if you're going to go out uh, or just just be smart. Like That's all I can say. 
2020 is going to be a great year. Uh, I I can't wait to see all the stuff. Uh, we got so much stuff planned. I, I can't wait to see it all unfold. Uh, if you've stuck around this long, I mean, this is this is our longest episode yet, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we, we've had least. some long. Yeah, we've had a couple really long Patreon episodes, but yeah, I, I believe this is by far the longest uh, public uh, episode we're going to release. But if, from me to you guys, definitely, definitely have a happy new year. I hope everyone stays safe. Just watch out. This is this is New Year's Eve is is the worst night for me because I always wake up the next morning fearing the worst when I look at my phone. And I hope that nothing bad happens to any of our listeners or to any of your family. I I just uh, this is the night that I always hold my breath. I couldn't have said it better myself, man. I like that. You know, be safe out there um, and enjoy yourselves, but be safe. Don't be dumb and drink and drive. Um, Call an Uber, call a taxi, have a DD, drink a lot of water. um, And there you go. Um, Before we get to our quick announcements here, um, just real quick, what is your top anticipated movie of 2020? I mean, it has to be Halloween Kills, right? <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't going to answer anything else. <laughs> it has to be. I mean, uh, for me, I, I, it has to be Halloween Kills, but I'm also uh, extremely excited for Black Widow. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, the trailer really sold me. Uh, Florence Pugh had a fantastic 2019, uh, and she looks incredible in Black Widow. I can't wait to see uh, what they do with her character. Maybe she becomes the new Black Widow going forward. Uh, and I mean, I, I'm I'm really excited for A Quiet Place too. That's probably my top three. A uh, Quiet Place was a movie that really snuck up on me, and I love it. it. It it almost made my list. It it was probably closer than Hereditary to making my list. That's how much I enjoyed it. I dig it, man. I dig it. So for me, what what is your what? Yeah, I was about to say, what is yours? Well, besides obviously Halloween Kills. I mean, if, <laughs> if I said if, we're we're Halloween super fans, so that has to be number one. That has one. to be number one. Um, The Invisible Man. I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, Lee Winnell does with that and he promised that we didn't see everything in the trailer which is good um and it's elizabeth moss i mean blumhouse i'm all about it like it's it's just all down um the conjuring three um i I don't know if anyone out there really knows but i'm a big fan of that series uh the whole franchise um there's a there's one coming out this weekend it's called the grudge i'm actually really interested in seeing this film i didn't think i was and the trailers have really intrigued me and i'm a big fan of juan um and i like the first grudge um movie that came out with sarah michelle Gellar. so i'm really interested in seeing what they do with this and if i'm going to throw out a random one i really hope they make up for uh king of the monsters um or not King of the King of the Monsters, the Godzilla, the second one. Oh, um, I, I think so. I have no faith in the in the next movie. Godzilla versus King Kong. <laughs> like I'm, I'm all about it though. Like I can't wait. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'll go watch it. But man, this last Godzilla movie was a dumpster fire for me. 
And Harrison Ford's coming out of a movie called The Call of the Wild. Uh, I guess it's based yeah. off that book. Yeah. Uh, yep, that book is super, super popular. And, I mean, Harrison Ford, he doesn't act much anymore. So for him to take a role like that, I'm I'm intrigued. And Jar Jar's Big Adventure 2020. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so let's... Uh, <laughs> going to be a Disney Plus... Uh, Disney Plus show for Give sure. Give it to John Favreau. He'll make Jar Jar a universally loved character. <laughs> Not just me. Um, so let's let's talk real quick about the announcements. I mean, we'll give more info when when you know later down the road. We don't want to keep you guys, but we do have a few cool announcements. Yeah, I mean, of course, we're gonna have our weekly show uh, as always on. Every Wednesday, uh, we're going to do a review of some sort. We'll do a countdown. We'll maybe every now and then we'll just we'll talk uh, about some movies, whatever. Uh, most of our new releases will be going on our uh, Patreon feed only. Uh, bigger releases will still uh, drop for everyone, uh, public and uh, patrons. But our biggest announcement is... Somewhere in the early part of 2020, we are going to drop a website where it's just going to be a a fun time for everyone. You'll be able to shop our merch store on the website. We're going to have audio or not audio. We're going to. Maybe we will have audio reviews on there. Uh, we're going to have reviews of new movies, old movies. We're going to have uh, countdowns. We're going to have everything. And I think someone was talking about maybe bringing a, a pod back for mm. it. Mm. Hint, 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 hint. Um, I can. And you might be able to guess what pod it is by G's most anticipated movies. Because all of them had one theme in common. Yes, most of them did, except for Jar Jar's Big Adventure 2020. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I will be bringing back Pot of Horror for the website. I um, I mean, horror films have been just fantastic the last few years. And with Shudder and, you know, uh, with all that good stuff, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to make an announcement just off the whim here because I've been meaning to watch the movie and I really want to review it for the first episode. When it comes time, I will have a, a, a launch date and everything once the, the website's out. But I'm going to review uh, the Criterion Classic, the Criterion Edition of this movie called House, which is a Japanese film. And it's uh, you can find the trailer online and it's so surreal and so crazy. And I remember seeing it somewhere, the, the trailer for it, that I just I have to see it and actually review it and just go crazy with it. Because, man, Japanese horror is just whew, it is something else. So um, <laughs> it is definitely it is Del Toro meets Ari Aster yeah. and <laughs> all, then all at once. All, and then that on acid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. If you guys are still listening, thank you so much for listening to us for damn near an hour and a half. Uh, what are your top 10 movies of the decade? We understand it might take you a little while to build your list. When you figure it out, when you have your 10, 
Share it with us on Twitter at RRFilmPod. Uh, we're going to have new merch up soon. Uh, we're, we're working on a ton of stuff. 2020 is going to bring big things. Uh, I know I am planning on going to Fantastic Fest in September in Austin. I am going to try and bring G with me uh, if we can make that happen. Uh, it, it is a 100% fact that I'm going but I just have to talk G into coming. Hopefully, maybe by by that time we'll have a little bit more Patreon money rolling in, and we can we can do some vlogs while we're there and and have a a, a real fun time. Oh, man, I, I'm really hoping I can get there too. I'm really disappointed though that uh, Doctor Sleep did not make our list, but that's okay. I'll, I I am too, but have no fear. I if you're a patron, you can go listen to my top ten, and you might here dr sleep on my top 10 of 2019 there you go well that is it for us i'm glenn rodriguez and i'm cody Repass. and you've been listening to the top 10 of the 2010s right here on the rnr pot of film have a good rest of your 2019 and 2010s and we'll see you in 2020 happy new year happy new year everybody oh my, my i love yours mr your humble servant that won't be necessary